Before we get started, if you're enjoying this content, you can do us a favor by subscribing to our YouTube channel and ringing the bell. That'll let the algorithm know that you like this content and it will help us produce more. If you're seeing that something's not working and you're burning capital, turn it off, pivot, and just be quick to react on it. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show the CEO and co-founder of Three Wishes, Margaret Wishingrad. Hey, Chase. Thanks so much for being here. For the people that are unfamiliar, could you quickly... What is Three Wishes? What are the types of product that you guys are bringing to market? So Three Wishes is a better-for-you cereal brand. We are high-protein, low-sugar, and we're gluten and grain-free. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so take me back in time. Where did this idea come from? Uh, when did you realize you wanted to be a serial entrepreneur? I know, the, the little double entendre on the serial entrepreneur. Um, so the, the answer is actually... So my husband and I have an ad agency here in New York called Big Eye Wish. And we had the amazing pleasure of working on all sorts of clients, the Fortune 10s, the small startups. Um, and the idea was born out of our own frustrations as parents. Um, so we had our now five-year-old, but then he was our six-month-old and he was eating finger foods. And one of the recommendations for a little pincer skills was cereal. And it was an aha moment where I haven't had cereal in the longest time because not so good for you. And I turned to my husband, Ian, and I was like, okay, crazy idea. Entertain this. We should make a cereal. And he was like, oh my, yes, we should make a cereal. So long story short, we ended up uh, becoming cereal entrepreneurs. Um, no, but it was really for both myself, my kid, I really real, I really realized, no, I realized that it was a lot of the legacy brands that I grew up eating. Um, and consumers are just smarter. I think we've upgraded all of our other categories. We've upgraded what pasta we're picking, what tortilla chips we um, choose to consume. And cereal felt like a really obvious, aha, uh-huh, but no one had done it. and. Fast forward two years of R&D later, we launched our product and we've been in market for about almost 3 years now. That's fantastic. And I did not realize that I was coming to you with a double entendre until it slipped out of my mouth and I went, that's really good. Um, so I guess maybe go back a little bit. Let's talk about your history before uh, kind of branching out to what us on the agency side kind kind of like the 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 grass is always greener over there. Like when you're on the agency side, you're like, I want to start a brand. I'd be so mm-hmm. good at it. And then and then when you're on a brand, you'd be like, running an agency would be so easy. <laughs> <laughs> and so so let's t- t- let's talk about uh, the the agency for a bit yeah. and, and what was going on there. And then kind of we'll we'll go back more into the product side of things. Awesome. So the agency side, by the way, and and that is exactly it. It is the grass is always greener. I think the service industry are always like, oh, I want a product. I think we always knew we wanted to create a brand. I don't think we knew what it was. And then when cereal hit us, it was like, oh my God, yes, it was the most obvious glaring one of them all. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It's extremely frustrating because we are also our own worst client. Um, you know, we usually we tell clients, oh, you can only stand for one thing. Consumers have a short attention span, go for one thing. 
we were like, hey, let's go for three. Um, so it, it's it's fun. But the other really fun thing is we also did our packaging in-house. And that took us so long. And I think we you overthink everything. You become so close to it. It's like, how do you distance yourself? It was a whole nightmare and a lot of fun at the same time. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really interesting to do both. And now Ian and, and myself, we kind of each chose our own lane. So he still runs the agency. Um, he helps out with all the marketing on the Three Wishes side, but I really run the day-to-day on the Three Wishes side. And it's it's been really fun to shift from operating an agency to operating a consumer good. Absolutely. And so uh, as an ad agency, uh, the services you guys were offering over there is, is like kind of more traditional media, paid media, and kind of ancillary services to go along with it? Yeah, it was a mix of a lot of things. It was a, some branding, packaging. Um, Ian's background is the copywriting side. So loves TV and loved doing video. And so that's been a big part of, of what the agency focuses on. But we've dabbled in all of it. And I think... Our clients became our mentors in a way where we were able to work and figure things out and what works and didn't work for them and then apply it to our business. So I think that was that gave us a leg up for sure, where some people might not come armed with that skill when they start a brand. Um, but yeah, it was it was a mix of all all fun creative things. Yeah, Margaret, you read my mind. That was like where my next question was going. It was like, how did you know running the agency kind of give you a leg up or accelerate the launch of Three Wishes? Yeah, it, I mean, in so many ways. Um, one of one of, I think there's a lot to learn. So on the side where you work with really big clients, they have these massive budgets. You're able to execute things on huge scales. I think when you have a startup, it's really helpful to work on the other side where you have small clients that come to you with an innovation and you help them go to market and you help build their brand and you help with all the little things and you figure out how to utilize much smaller budgets and how to really create efficacy in, in those little buckets. And so for us, one of our clients was a pet toy client uh, and had an amazing... They like rolled out in retail really well. They had really interesting strategies that they applied. And so we got to borrow those little tidbits from them. And then we really helped them on how do we communicate the brand? How do we make a customer feel a certain way about this brand? Or how do do we make them feel a certain way to buy it for their dog because you're buying it for someone else? And so there was all of these little nuances that we, we picked up along the way. But I think that was the best experience working on a smaller startup and helping them really scale and become a bigger brand helped us a ton. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's an advantage of working with agencies or, or consultants or whatever is um, just from the brand side is they're learning 10 to 20 times faster than you are because they're experiencing all the problems you have, yeah. plus all the problems all their other clients have. So it, it's just such a crash course in education on what's the weird stuff that's out there that you have to fix in either the platform or what's going on with the market. Um, but this isn't about agency stuff, right? Let's move Let's move forward a little bit. It's more about the product, right? So you said 2 years of R&D. Walk me through that process from, you know, when did you got we're going to take this seriously. We're we're going to build a cereal brand. And you know, what was that process like? R&D is such a such a time. Um yeah, I mean, so it started in late 2017, we had the idea. We initially we did a million phone calls. It's how does one make a cereal? Um, so it's it's a thousand of those. Hey, do you know someone that could like a food scientist that can formulate this type of thing? Then you find the food scientist, then you give the food scientist a brief. Now it's finding a facility that could produce it. So it's like so much research. And people are always like, oh, you know, where did you find your facility to 
the same way you find everything else. You dig into the depths of the internet, you start calling people. And so it's, you really leave no stone unturned. And then it's also about finding the right size facility. It's so Goldilocks, whereas you don't want something too small that can't scale. You don't want something so big that they can't take you immediately. How do you find the right partner to scale with you? So it was finding a lot of those partners initially. Um, And then from there, it was just, hey, these are the things we want to tackle as a brand. These are the ingredients that are important to us. These are the values that we want to stand for, the macros that we want to hit. um, And how do we create that from a product standpoint? And how do we get as close as humanly possible to the conventional cereal that is filled with a ton of sugar and has no protein? And how do we bring in nutrition to something that has no nutrition? So it was all these different things and finding those right partners. And then from there, it was just iteration. It was getting line time, going in with a a formula, not working, tweak the formula, tweak process, tweak whatever you can to really get to a product that you felt comfortable. We as marketers knew the biggest thing that could crush a brand is good marketing and bad product. So I was really maniacally focused on making sure our product was there from day one. Um, I think especially in food, no consumer's like, oh, new recipe. I'm going to give this brand a chance. It doesn't work like that. You try something, you either love it or you don't love it. And you're either going to buy it again or you won't. And we look at it with a really funny agency lens where we're... We want retainer clients. We don't want projects. So we want our customer that's going to have repeat and a customer that's going to try it and continue to buy it for the rest of, you know, as long as they live. So, um, that's kind of how we set out and looked at the product. And we ended up launching in late October 2019, which is probably a lot later than I would have hoped to initially launch, but it's, R&D is a lot like house construction where you're like, oh, it's going to be six months and then it's two years. Um, yeah. And so that that was a, an interesting learning process. But to get something to a really good place takes a long time. Um, and then October 2019 came around. Um, we launched in retail. For us, that was a really important thing to be a product that is sold on store shelves. And I think for us, we understood that cereal or our type of cereal, it's not like we're bringing you a cheaper mattress delivered in a box or glasses delivered a different way. No one was looking for a cheaper Cheerio or a different delivery method. They were looking for a much cleaner, better product that's good for you. So we decided it wasn't about the, the delivery mechanism. It was about you know where the price point, the ingredients, um, and how the customer is experiencing. So we really focused on launching in brick and mortar. But of course, we're also sold online. And, and that's a great channel for us as well. Absolutely. So the go-to-market strategy when you when you launched initially was getting on retail shelves. Um, you know that's better said than done. Like, how did you accomplish that? I, you know, I know there's a lot of listeners out there right now that their goal is to kind of break into retail. So any th- learnings from that you can share? Yeah, I mean, arguably retail is probably the hardest channel to to break into. Um, you have limited source shelves. You have product that's already on those store shelves that you basically have to convince someone to kick off to place you on. So it's it's a really interesting process and just learning that whole ecosystem is a is a whole thing in itself. But for us, the important thing was we knew that people feel a certain way about a product when they're involved in the process. So we brought in some of our buyers to, to some of our retailers really early on um, and kind of gave them a peek under the hood of like, hey, try our latest, you know, um, R&D sample. What do you think? What would you change? And I think as you got got them involved in the process, they were really excited to bring it to market. And once everything was tweaked and perfect and ready, um, the retailers were ready to, to get it in there. The other thing that we learned within retail is nothing has a 
It's not like a two minute time. You're not like, okay, my product's ready. Let's get it on store shelves next week. There is so much involved to getting a product to shelf, resets, there are calendars. And so in theory, you can have a product and it won't see a shelf for six months, 12 months, even if your product was approved. So figuring out and backing into the strategy, which we borrowed from our creative agency brains was figuring out how do we build a grand plan? What are the retailers we want to go into? What makes sense um, from a brand standpoint in terms of discovery, right? It's And, and what does that look like? What's the, the funds involved to make sure you can bring a product to store shelves that are all stores are really expensive to, to play in as a, as a channel. So there are so many different variables. Um, but for us, it was making sure our buyers became our partners and got really excited to bring a product to market. Absolutely. So you, you build these strong relationships with your buyers and, and it helps you get into those stores. Now, after launch and as you guys are starting to scale, uh, you guys obviously have a strong direct consumer arm. How did that kind of play into the mix? Well, interestingly enough, the pandemic that no one predicted, um, I think we like to follow consumer behavior. So when we launched, people are still going to grocery stores for discovery. A pandemic enters the scene. Not so much. I don't think people are so excited to peruse an aisle to find the newest and greatest cereal. It became, hey, we need essentials. And so the interesting thing about essentials is this is where the internet got really interesting. Amazon during this period, think March 2020, wasn't allowing you to have anything within that regular two-day span unless it was an essential. Food was considered an essential. So we're like, okay, great. Amazon's a channel we can really get behind and push. And then on our own website, similar to any other DTC brand, um, we within a couple of weeks just we redid the website, relaunched it, and wanted to make a really frictionless consumer experience. And so it was really the opportune time where people were looking for new things because maybe the cereal that they usually consumed either was sold out on store shelves or sold out online. And it was our opportunity to one from a retail and a, an online perspective to be the vendor that's there for you. So, hey, you discovered new cereal. Yes, we're in stock. Yes, you can get it within two days, uh, whether you bought on Amazon or on our website. Um, and so it was just really taking this not so great time and creating that intent opportunity and then figuring out how does three wishes play in there. So we really quickly pivoted from, Hey, our strategy right now is crush and brick and mortar to, Hey, let's crush for online while we know the eyeballs are there. And then as the world normalized, it's, it becomes a balance where we're like, Hey, the people that buy it online or like to discover things online, they're going to continue to be the consumer. But the people that are now so excited to go back into a grocery store and walk that aisle with their cart were there as well. So it really, it pushed us into being an omni-channel brand. Um, and it was, it was a really interesting lesson. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. 
Struggling to get your Merchant Center ads approved but keep running into a price mismatching error? Wondering how your competitors are showing reviews, price, delivery, and product availability directly in search results? What if there's a way to get more traffic without fighting for rankings? Well, that's where Jason LD for SEO comes in. It's an app that gets you more organic traffic to your Shopify store, qualifying you for over a dozen search enhancements, and provides all of the structured data you need for Merchant Center. JSON LD for SEO automatically adds the structured data needed and it's updated regularly as the rules change by Google. It's a hands-off SEO app that you don't need to monkey around with to get working. It's the safest, easiest, and most effective way to stand out from your competitors in search results. Contact us to get your free structured data audit for your store. Find JSON LD for SEO in the Shopify app store to get started. That's J-S-O-N-L-D for SEO, or go to J-S-O-N-L-D dot app. It's the beginning of a new year, and with the new year comes new opportunities. The often misunderstood Q5 period stretches from Christmas Day to Chinese New Year and gives brands the gifts of significantly lower CPMs. But how can you use this Q5 as a springboard to make 2023 your best year yet? The answer is funding. Funding opens doors for your business. A cash injection now will enable you to take full advantage of the Q5 opportunity by investing more into your marketing and securing that spring-summer collection from your manufacturers. Revenue-based finance from Wayflyer is fairer, faster, and more flexible than the traditional funding options out there. You can get approved for funding in hours and cash in your account within days. There are no interest rates or personal guarantees, just one simple fee. Best of all, repayments are made as a percentage of your revenue. So if you're having a slower month than usual, no problem. You'll just give them less to learn more about how funding from Wayflyer can unlock growth for your business and turn 2023 into a record year, visit wayflyer.com slash ecom slash honest. That's wayflyer.com slash ecom with two M's slash honest. Wayflyer, funding a better way. Absolutely. How did you uh, kind of get those eyes during that time onto the product? Were you guys you know, doing PR, going into paid? What, what was the kind of the acquisition, acquisition channel? Yeah. So I mean, we dabbled in a little bit of paid, but that wasn't the big thing. The big thing for us, one, it's always organic. I think we learned, and whether it's from just clients or just being consumers... Consumers are not dumb. They see when something's an ad. They see they. I think the best thing is a genuine endorsement. So we started doing a lot of just cold sendouts, DMing people. Hey, may I send you my product to try? And then seeing their genuine because we knew the product was great. So seeing a genuine endorsement of someone going, Hey, I tried this new cereal with three wishes. It's great. You should buy it. That performs better than than anything. But the really fun thing we did was flex our creative muscle, which was. So this was era of drive-through COVID tests. We used to sample and demo in stores before the pandemic. Obviously not. You can't do that. So we're, we have a U-shaped driveway in our house. And my husband Ian is sitting and he's like, what if we did a drive-through taste test? And we just like glove up, mask up and give people a sample here in our local community and see what happens. And I'm like, okay, crazy idea, but fine. Whatever. What else are we doing? So we both set up in the driveway. We paint a big sign. I'm standing there, gloves, tongs, mask, and people that are just like circling the neighborhood. We live on a pretty busy street. So we're just entering the driveway, just continuing to enter. And Ian's like, all right, I'm just going to capture this, this B-roll footage and see what happens. Um, so we... We had a whatever, it was a great day. People sampled the cereal and then Ian sent that content over to our local paper. 
started to get pickup. I think during a dark news cycle where everything was about a death count or whatever was going on, any good little bit of, hey, here's how small businesses are figuring out how to thrive, or here's what this couple in Westchester is doing. Um, it started to just pick up. And so it went from our local newspaper to USA Today to Fox. It was like, then we had a three minute hit on national TV. And that was our biggest sales day, all from this, you know, we spent whatever, $3 on art supplies to, to set up a little, um, little table in front of our house. But it was, how do we create these moments um, that become really relevant to media, that become really relevant and resonate with our consumers? Um, so that was kind of one fun little feel-good thing we did. And then we launched also our cocoa flavor right in the heat of the pandemic, like in like the middle of you know 2020. And it, it was also another vicious news cycle where like, how do we create some feel-good something around this cocoa cereal and how do we tell people it tastes really good and chocolatey and so we're sitting and brainstorming and we all love the original charlie and the chocolate factory a classic and we're like what if we could reunite the original cast or the original living cast and have them endorse three wishes the cocoa flavor and ian just started to like hit the pavement call call a person to call a person like it was Digging through the internet, we found... So Charlie is a veterinarian in upstate New York. Uh, Mike TV is a real estate agent in LA. And Veruca Salt is the loveliest grandmother in England now. And so we called all of them. We told them our story. And we're like, hey, if you like the cereal, will you please send us a video of you eating it um, and enjoying it? And they all loved it. And they all sent us... this. The, the cute, Veruca did it in her Veruca outfit. Charlie was sitting in his and we wrapped each one like a chocolate bar with the golden ticket. So we'd played into this whole Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing. Um we took that piece, we put it all together and had the the cast members of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory endorsing it. But what that created was this really feel good moment where it was like, oh my God, they had Charlie and the Chocolate Factory pushing a chocolate cereal. And that had some nice media pickup as well. So it's just creating these fun little feel good things. Oh absolutely and and, and I can tell that your ad agency experience is like playing into that and when you know it's a off the wall idea that's going to get that free PR which is something that not a lot of brands like are doing campaigns for is to all right we can obviously put paid behind this but we could like you know winning earned media is what they call it in the biz uh is such a overlooked kind of way to get eyeballs on your product yeah and I think people forget about the little gorilla things that really do move the needle. Absolutely. Now, is there anything looking back over your growth over the last couple of years, any mistakes that come to mind or uh, just things you want to tell our listeners to watch out on within their journey? Be like, I've been there, done that, You know, maybe stay away. Um, I think it's really just create the strategy and stick to your guns on strategy. I think the other thing that saved us, and that's our experience from the ad agency side, is the ability to be nimble. And the ability to be comfortable with killing ideas or just pivoting in general, it's like such a hard thing. So if you're seeing that something's not working and you're burning capital, turn it off, pivot, and just be quick to react on it. I think that's that's a big saving grace. But for me, it was stick to my guns. There were opportunities to go into other retailers that were larger, that were excited about it, but just not the right partner for the brand growth at that time. So really staying to that strategy is as difficult as it is, is also really important. And then outside of that, I mean, there's a fire drill every single day. There is something that needs to be tended to and put out. 
But I think that's part of the business, right? There are so many lessons with all of those things. And there's not a thing I could say or do that's going to stop these things from naturally occurring to, to people's businesses. I think understanding how to problem solve is the biggest thing. Yeah, and you're right. It's uh, there's a really big difference between the overarching strategy and then the tactics that you're using to accomplish that goal. And founders really need to identify it. So, like, if your strategy is more sales, that's probably going to be through more traffic to your website, right? And you're trying one 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 uh, tactic, maybe that maybe that's paid acquisition, and you just can't figure that channel out. After you've given it a good shot, pivoting that to another strategy that's going to give you tactic because it's still the same. Well, another tactic that's going to give you traffic. That's still on board with the same strategy, but it's like learning what's not going to work and what will work for your brand. Most important lesson. Absolutely. Now, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you think would resonate with our audience? Not that I could think of, but I'm, I'm happy to answer anything else you have. I, I mean, look, business is... There's going to be an obstacle in every part of every business. Um, and just having that entrepreneurial spirit... and. And there's so many times where you're like, oh, this sucks. I need a minute to just kind of smell the coffee beans and just recalibrate. Fundraising is really hard, right? That's another thing. I mean, I remember doing... There was a point where I did like 10 calls in a day and they were probably all no. And I turned to Ian. And I was like, I need, to take, I need to take a break. I need to take a few days to kind of regroup myself and get my energy back together and pitch with the same love and passion that I have for my business today um, that I did then. And so it's okay to do all of those things. And and it really, as cliche as it is, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And just like optimizing that whole experience is, is super important too. But it's... You sign up for a roller coaster when you decide to become an entrepreneur, but it's it's the best roller coaster and it's so well worth it. Absolutely. Now we've talked a lot about this awesome cereal. If we've got a listener or a viewer on YouTube hungry to try this, where do they go? What do they do? They're going to threewisheserial.com or Amazon or any Whole Foods, Sprouts, Wegmans, Fresh Market, probably any other store with fresh green um, or whole in it um, in the United States will likely stock <laughs> it, but we're always available on our website. Awesome, Margaret. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.